Hello, my loves, and welcome to Healing the Podcast with your host, Ashlyn Tori. I'm a heels and burlesque instructor, a confidence mentor, and the creator of Studio Soli Luna, living in the gorgeous mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. In this safe and sacred portal, we will be having raw, real, and intentional conversations about dancing in a heel, spirituality, self-love, the dance industry, and all the taboo topics that dancers and women should be openly talking about. I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Now let the magic begin. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special episode with one of my CHM alumni, my Confidence alumni, Helen Joy. In case you babes aren't aware of what Confidence is, it is my signature heels and burlesque program, and it is a 90-day mentorship experience where we really dive into the fundamentals of heels and burlesque, but it is so much more than that. It is so much more than just about dancing. It's really about healing from the inside out and using the tools that we learn on the dance floor and taking those tools and applying them into our actual life. In the 90 days of the program, she changed so much for herself. And I always like to make it super clear that confidence and the program and the work It's just a format. It's a layout that I give, but it's not going to work if you don't put in the work and Helen Joy put in the work. And that is why she had such a beautiful success story. And I've been wanting to have her on for a while and she just keeps creating and creating more magic in her life. So it was a perfect time to bring her on. Helen Joy is a writer, a doula, a photographer, and a beautiful dancer living here in Asheville. And she was kind of introduced to me through the dance club community and then found my confidence page at like two in the morning, which she talks about here on the podcast. It was just all a very divine timing thing. She came into my life at the perfect time and I came into her life at the perfect time. And then we just created magic from there. (laughs) And as you'll see throughout this podcast episode, Helen had a really tough time before the program. She was going through a lot. She was moving through a divorce. She was going through a lot of mental health issues. There was just so much happening in her world. And for her to take the time invest the money that really she didn't even have at the time into a program like this was a huge leap of faith for her and just to see how much that has paid off tenfold in every single area of her life just makes me so happy and I could not be more proud of her and I can't wait for you to hear this story because it really shows the power of not only dancing in a heel which I believe there's so much power in that but in believing in ourselves and in how much confidence matters like how much it matters in every single area of our life. And we talk about that so much throughout this episode. And just to let you babes know, we did have a little bit of a Mercury retrograde moment um, halfway through the podcast. For some reason, my audio file, it literally sounded like aliens had taken over (laughs) the episode. And so we had to re-record the second half of the podcast via Zoom. So if you notice a change in audio quality, that is why. But the second half of the episode is 
still so good. And Helen brings through some beautiful knowledge and wisdom that she's learned throughout her time, not only in confidence, but just in life. A few disclaimers for this episode. We do talk a lot about mental health. Helen mentions some suicidal ideations and, and things like that. And so I do want to just let you babes know that that is something that we go into. And then also Helen Joy wanted to clarify a conversation that we have about halfway through the episode. We talk deeply about the power of manifestation and abundance throughout our chat, but she also wanted to really acknowledge her community and the support system that she had during a really difficult time in her life when she went through the separation and divorce with her husband, as you will learn about in this episode. And she just wanted to thank all of the amazing people in her life and let them know how grateful she is for what they did for her during that time. It was such a hard time for her and she really had her community and her friends and her family rally around her. So yes, the power of manifestation and the power of abundance mindset has helped her so much, but also she wants to acknowledge that she also had help from other people and her heart is so beautiful and she is so intentional with the messages that she brings through in this episode. And even though she has created so much of this for herself, she wanted to be very honest about having help. And I think that is so important because we see a very one-sided view a lot of time on Instagram when people talk about manifestation and abundance. It's like, oh, it just magically appeared, you know, and a lot of people can take that credit all for themselves. But really, it's the people that are supporting us in our life, the mentors that we have, the friends that we have, the people that are believing in us and lifting us up that allows us to create those things. So I love that she wanted to mention that. And I'm so excited to dive into this episode. It's a long one. So as they all are, <laughs> so I will let you babes get right into it. And also the wait list for confidence is officially open. My next round of confidence is going to be in November. And as you will see this program, it's not just about dance. It is about so much more. And it's really about women stepping into their power and giving them the tools that they need to change their life. And so if that's something you've been wanting to do, Helen talks about that at the end of this episode, but it would be a beautiful time for you to dive in to my info page about confidence. I have it linked below and sign up for the wait list to be the first notified when spots go live. All right, my loves, without further ado, here is the beautiful, the magical Helen Joy. Helen, my love, welcome to the podcast. Today is going to be such a beautiful episode because you and I have been working together since early this year and you were in my program Confidence and truly had one of the best success stories from the program and your life has just completely changed since we first met. So I wanted to have you on the podcast today to share your experience because it's so powerful and I wanted all the babes listening to just see how life-changing dancing in a heel can be and how stepping into your confidence can be. So I'm incredibly excited to dive into all the juiciness. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I've been uh, binging your podcasts recently, and I'm just like so freaking honored to be here. Mm -hmm. And um, you're just doing such important work, life-changing work. So I'm just super glad to be here. Uh, I'm your biggest you. fan. So. <laughs> and I'm your biggest fan, too. <laughs> so, babe, I would love to give the listeners a peek into your world with some rapid-fire questions that we do at the beginning of every podcast. Mm -hmm. So just to start, how old are you and where are you in the world right now? I am about to be 37, and I actually just moved to the sweetest little town called Saluda with my kids. I just got divorced, and it's about 40 minutes from Asheville, and it's just so idyllic and precious, so I'm really mm -hmm. happy to be there. 
I'm so happy for you. And that's yet another manifestation that has come through for you, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. And then also, what are you loving lately? This can be work-related, music, food, TV, rituals, anything at all. I, so I've been thinking about this and I feel like I'm just, um, really into putting my feet in the river. <laughs> so oh my gosh, I, I think love it. that's kind of the only consistent thing in my life right now mm. is I try to get my feet in the river like about twice a week that's and so nice. something about it just calms me, mm. centers me. So that's oh my what gosh. I'm obsessed with. <laughs> what a lucky girl to get to put her feet in the river every day. <laughs> And Helen, if you know them, what is your sun, moon, and rising signs in astrology? Um, I am a Libra sun sign and also a Libra moon. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm super Libra. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I am a Cancer rising. I love that. And it's so funny because the Libra makes sense with the Cancer rising. Definitely shows up for you. Helen is such like a beautiful, emotional being. She's very flowy and watery. And so I feel like that just makes sense. So much sense. <laughs> yes. And then what has been your favorite way to move your body recently? Which, I mean, I probably know this, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you know me, you know I'm pretty obsessed with pole dancing right now. So I um, take class every Monday and I've been with the same girls for almost a year. And mm. I mean, it's just like communally so life-giving to be with them, to encourage. We laugh. We actually started having a picnic before class. So like we all just bring whatever we have. I mean, it's very <laughs> random. And we just like chat, laugh, go dance. It's like it makes Mondays like the best day. So oh, I'm really amazing. loving moving my body that way. Mm, and you're killing it. You guys should see some of the things she's been doing on the pole. <laughs> I'm so impressed. <laughs> So like I mentioned at the beginning, you were in my last round of Confidence, which is my Heels and Burlesque program, but I would love to chat a little bit about what your life looked like before Confidence and why you decided to join the program in the first place. Of course, I know this, but I feel like it's really important to give some background about where you were versus like where you are now because it's so different. Oh my gosh, it is so different. I mean, my life has dramatically changed in the past um, uh, 13 months. I think the change started when I left my ex. I think that was just like survival (laughs) leaving. And then I I remember exactly the night. I think it was like 2 in the morning. And I just like kept thinking, okay, so I'm safe. I'm like out of this toxic relationship and... I just felt like I'm ready to thrive and I was researching like is there a class I could take on how to like fill your life back up and um, someone told me about you so I found you you know in the wee morning hours and I mean it felt like so outside of what I would have thought I needed and yet so right but yeah my life before confidence was I mean so much striving. If I had to describe it with one word, it was like I was striving every day so freaking hard. I was making lists. I was reading books. I was going to therapies. I hired a health coach. Like I was striving so hard and wasn't even close to living the kind of life that I, you know, dreamed I wanted. And I mean, low expectations too. It's not like I was like 
I really just wanted peace and harmony and groundedness, and I could not find it. So I struggled very severely with um, suicidal ideations, depression. I was hospitalized for about a year. I just, I mean, I really, in my whole adult life, have really struggled with um, living, I guess you would say. And um, yeah, confidence like felt like putting legs to, I mean, I took some action, but it felt like I was taking active steps to like continue on and like I said fill up um and like I can go into it so much but like the abundance the self-love I mean I I think sometimes people kind of glaze over with those words you know like yeah 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 that's a little cliche but I'm talking it like took root in my soul and I have seen I think the biggest difference right now is I wake up every day I don't try and I, I might cry a little bit but like I'm like literally living my dream and I'm not trying <laughs> so I just like yeah that work really paid off and and I'm still doing the work you know and it never ends but it, it doesn't feel like work it feels like love yeah I love that and I love the emotion behind it because this was very recent for you I mean we started working together back in was it January. It was January. Okay. And I was just like, so in awe of you as a person. Like I could just tell there was so much like potential and so much that I knew you could like get to, but it was like the pain that you've had to go through in your life was very serious. And I had never like had a client that came with so much like trauma, very recent, like very recent trauma. Cause you had ended your relationship how far before? Like five months. Yeah. Like it was fairly recent. And so I was like, okay, like universe, she came to me for a reason. And it was just so evident once you started putting the work into practice, like that it was going to work. And it was so exciting to see that process. I make like a timeline of my clients process the program and your timeline was dramatic. (laughs) Like it went from like you just like really struggling and just feeling a little bit hopeless. There's that glimmer of hope to like manifesting everything on your list (laughs) to like shining brighter than anyone I had seen shine out of the program. And I was truly, it like blew me away because I was like, wow. I mean, I've seen this work for me and I've seen it work for other people but this was a, a dramatic shift, very dramatic shift. And it wasn't anything that I did. It was you putting the the work that you were given, like all the tools that I used for my own life, you just took them and applied them and it worked, <laughs> which is amazing. And I was hungry. Mm-hmm. I was like so hungry. And I, I do think even like a month before, a month after, I don't know, it was just the perfect timing mm-hmm. where I was like so hungry and ready mm-hmm. and it just like... Yeah, I say I did the work, but it it honestly didn't feel like work. It felt like such love and, like, goodness. Something, you know, that I really felt um, before, too, was, like, I just had a lack of capability. Like, I felt Mm -hmm. so incapable, and that was because someone was whispering to me all the time. Well, not really whispering, shouting. (laughs) You know, that I wasn't capable, that I was a terrible mother, that I was a terrible wife, you know, friend, whatever. It kind of started with pole, honestly, mm-hmm. for me. And that kind of like opened the window of like, I just, I remember one, so I started pole about a year ago 
and it was the first time I really had been moving my body for years and years. It was so powerful. Um, I I had a friend actually um, recommend that I do it because she said, you'll never connect to your body the way you will in pole. And I was like, well, that's random. I'm going to try it. But really for me, not only did it, like I've really struggled with disassociation um, from my body for pretty much my whole adult life. And something about pole really connected me to my body in a way that was like very, very powerful and healing in a way that I had gone to so much therapy and I have a wonderful therapist, but it really healed a lot of things that therapy was not going to reach in me. And a huge part of that was realizing how capable I was. Mm -hmm. And I remember this one time the teacher was showing a trick and like my usual response is like, well, I'm not the kind of person that can do that. It's just my initial reaction. And immediately this new voice came out and said, why don't you fucking try it, Ellen Joy? And I I did it, like mm-hmm. the first try, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And I'm talking from cooking to motherhood to pull. It's just like the capability is just pouring out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just really exciting. Yes, I feel like I remember that moment because I think you sent, we do wins every week in the program. And you were like, I have this voice. And it said, actually, why not? <laughs> and that's true. the thing. It's like, what what dancing in a heel does and what doing some of the inner work that we do around our sensuality and our confidence does is it like gets into the nooks and crannies of our subconscious and it starts to give us alternate views of reality. Because most of the time... We grow up with a very specific view of our reality and our capabilities, like you were saying. And then especially with the relationship that you were in, you were even, it was even um, ingrained into you even more that you weren't capable of doing those things. So instead of having those thoughts constantly come up and now all of a sudden there's like new voices in there that's like, actually go for it. Actually, why not? Why can't this be you? And so that's the point of the program. And I feel like a lot of people think that confidence is very external, but it's really internal. It's from those voices that are like telling us what we can and cannot do because those voices control the things that we do, the way that we act, the way that we like manifest the dreams and the things that we want. So I love that that happened for you. And it was one of the, I think it was the one of the breakthrough moments for you. For sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it is so internal conf- confidence. It just like, like when I first saw your website, you know, the dancing and the stuff, I was like, I don't know if that's me. But when I watched your video about what it was about, I'm like, that, yeah, that's that's what I want. The deep heart work. And it was just like, yeah, like I said, I was just hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And you were there. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like the most grateful person yeah. that you helped me like climb out. And not just climb out. I'm like on top of a freaking mountain <laughs> every day. Yeah, you're literally thriving, living your best life. And I know it makes me so happy. Every time I see you post something on Instagram or like share something about you and your family, I'm just like, it's so amazing what we're capable of when we actually decide that we are capable of it. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I feel like that decision can change everything. But we have to have, sometimes in my case, and I think in your case too, you have to kind of have someone like cheering you on <laughs> from the sidelines that's maybe like not a therapist. It's not, you know, a friend, but someone that can be like, I went through something similar. I healed in this very specific way. And like, this is how you can do it. And I think that that process of having that kind of mentorship in my case, like dance instructors that helped me do that. 
yeah, it's just really special and powerful. But I want to talk a little bit about the marriage that you left and like why you decided to leave. Um, you know, this divorce has been really intense for you. You, you just finalized your divorce actually. So yes. we're, we're celebrating today. We are celebrating. <laughs> and I'm just so proud of you, but especially coming from a religious background, like you have, how were you able to kind of release the shame around divorce and just kind of focus on making the right decision for you and ultimately for your family? Cause I know leaving relationships, especially marriages where there's kids involved, like it is so intense and it is not like one day you just decide to leave and you leave. It's way more challenging than that. So I would love to hear about your process through that experience. Yes. So I grew up very religious in a very conservative Christian household. And so I was really taught like a lot of really damaging things, honestly, in the church that um, basically women – were to submit and, you know, that marriage is forever and no matter what, you fight, fight, fight. What I wish had been told to me is that I'm valuable and that I, if I was being harmed, which I wasn't physically being harmed, but if I was being harmed, that that God didn't want me to stay in that marriage. Like, And I was just so blinded and I really stayed 17 and a half years in a really terrible marriage that was very painful. And my ex is very broken person, as am I. And I think the difference was I kept doing the work and he didn't. And so um, for me, leaving was an actual survival thing at first. Um, I actually cannot believe I did it. (laughs) Even looking back, like the bravery it took. Because for me, it was like the death of dreams to me that was so painful. My ex like never really loved me well. Um, There was very little connection with him. And so I think I wasn't sad to leave him but I was sad to leave my dream of like a complete family. I grew up with a broken family and you know, that was like my biggest goal in life was to just stay. And I worked so hard and we worked through so many, well, I worked through so many, um, obstacles. I mean, we were in therapy for like 15 years, marriage therapy and worked through a lot of trials. And I just look back and I think, maybe I should have left earlier. I I don't think I could have. It really came down to like my life, honestly. Like I was so suicidal. I was so self-harming and I could not live another day. And so I somehow got my body out of that house. I had a friend come that morning and like got my favorite things out of the house and put them in this rental that someone let me have. And it was just such a miracle. But I think... Christians really miss the boat on teaching our children that we're valuable and that nobody, there's a difference between in marriage or relationships, like everybody has to do hard work, like in any friendship, it doesn't matter. You have to do hard work, but there's a difference between like working through things and being harmed. And I was not taught what to look out for. So, um, every freaking day, I'm just so grateful that I don't have to live the rest of my life dead inside to make something work because God does not want that for us. Like 
He wants us thriving and full of life. And I just wish that was more open. And now (laughs) I just feel like two years ago, I was the person that was like pushed through. I was writing all these, oh, the posts that come up sometimes on memories. I'm like, oh my God, you know, like a lot of pride, like I'm pushing through. I'm loving even though it's hard. And now I'm like, people talk to me about their relationships. I'm like, you should probably leave. (laughs) I'm like very quick to be like, yeah, don't, don't stick around for that. So it's just very interesting. But yeah, that was like the very first tiny baby step to coming alive again. Mm, Yeah. And it's so hard when, especially like you said, growing up in a broken home, coming from I mean, I know I was, (laughs) I was raised in a very strict religious household and divorce and sex were like the two (laughs) biggest sins, you know what I mean? Yes. And I think it's really easy to want as a woman, especially to like kind of have this, it's, it's really ego driven about like, I'm like sticking this out and I'm making this work. Cause like, again, I'm in service, I'm the nurturer, like this is my responsibility. And honestly, I think that that's how they wanted it to be in religion. I think it was a way to keep women like small and stuck because you coming out of that relationship, it was like, oh, I, I'm powerful. Like I can create so much, but we don't realize it when we're in those toxic relationships and we're being suppressed and we're being like, our light is being dimmed, you know, by this other person. And so I feel like that's a really common experience, especially women that have been in like a very religious home or have seen that example growing up um so it was amazing that you were able to get out of that because most people I feel like do they just stay and they tough it out because they want to do it for the kids or they want to do it because their parents are going to be disappointed or whatever and it's not just about marriage it's about anything and I went through this when I started dancing burlesque you know like oh my god my parents are going to be so disappointed and it's like but at the end of the day you live with yourself until you die. <laughs> like you're the only person that you're going to be with forever. So why would you disappoint them? You know, like it's okay to disappoint everyone else. I feel like in your life, but if you're disappointing yourself, that's where the line needs to be drawn in the sand. Um, and I feel like you luckily were able to discover that and get out that way that you could start focusing on yourself again. Oh, thank God. Seriously. Every year for my whole adult life, I just thought, I just don't think I can make it to my next birthday and now I'm like I'm gonna live till 100 like I'm gonna live this amazing life I just have so much hope and yeah I I feel sad that I was in such a bubble and you know not told ways to take care of myself but hopefully I can be a voice for women who need to hear or or men that need to hear this um truth that you know you're valuable and nobody deserves to be harmed yeah exactly and that's why I love I love dance I love this work so much this isn't about just getting fit and looking beautiful on the outside which you do you're radiant (laughs) but it's about like it's about saving ourselves it's about giving yourself hope when there seems like there isn't hope like this is serious stuff and that's why It's really funny when people ask me what I do because I'm like, well, I could tell them I'm a heels teacher or I could tell them like I'm helping women heal and I'm like empowering them through their sensuality, but they would look at me like I had lost my mind, but it is so true. It's like, that's what this work's about. It's not so much about, I mean, the dancing is fun, but it's like the dancing and what it leads to is like 
what is important. And I feel like this, what you're sharing is the important aspect that I want people to know about this work. It's not so much about training to be a professional dancer or making burlesque and heels your career, but it's like what those things can like give to you in the process. The process is where like the magic is at. Oh yeah. I, I would definitely say it's life-changing work and not to be dramatic, but I kind of feel like, um, you know, a brain surgeon and you are like on the same par of like life saving. (laughs) I know that's silly, but like, it's not silly. Like, I just, I don't believe that life has to be the way we are apathetic about. Like, Mm -hmm. I think so many people think, oh, life's a struggle. You know, I got to do my to-do list or whatever. And it's like, this life is so beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's not too much to ask to live it in the way you want. I'm talking every moment. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you can have a life full of moments that are what you dream about. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think you really gave me permission to believe that because I was so afraid to believe that because like I said, I I was striving constantly and I couldn't even, I couldn't even have a dinner with my family that didn't end in like absolute tears. And that's all I wanted. I'm so simple. I'm like, I want to listen to beautiful music and cook and then have a dinner with my family. I could not make it happen for years and years and years and years. And now it happens every freaking day. And, (laughs) you know, just you giving me that permission, like, hey, you can. You can hope. You can dream. And and you don't have to have this attitude of, like, I don't know, a martyr, Mm -hmm. you know, that – Because, yeah, life is painful. There's a lot of really hard things. But Mm. alongside of that, we can honestly have the most beautiful moments. Mm. So I'm just so thankful that you kind of just opened that door and let me peek in and be like, oh, wait, I could. And it's not toxic positivity of Mm -hmm. like acting like things don't hurt. Mm -hmm. But it's just like so powerful. And I can't shut up about it, honestly. And like with friends, I'm sort of like trying not to fix their problems, but I'm also like, you can shift. Like, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. so powerful. And I yeah. wish every single person could go through the, this yeah. kind of healing. I know. I know me too. And it's, it's amazing because that's kind of the place that I was in, maybe not to like the extreme that you were, because I never went through anything as traumatic as what you have, but I feel like I was in a place where I was so negative all the time. And I was like, I was so focused on my ballroom career and the ego of it. And I just got caught up in like the wrong, the wrong things. And like the meaning of life that I thought was the meaning of life, but actually it was just like all about ego. And it was all about like fame or money or whatever. And I was like, this is not, this is not it. And I feel like my body, you know, my body gave out at that point. My body was trying to tell me that like, this is not working. Yeah. (laughs) And so I had to bring myself out of that place as well. Cause I was just like, not happy, you know, and, and coming out of like not being happy to realizing that there's so much to be happy about and grateful for. And that if we do live our life in a way that's very much focused on like the beautiful things of it and really being intentional with how we spend our time, who we spend it with, what we're doing, being in nature, all of these things, it makes our life so special. And when those hard times do come up because they will, then we have the tools to get through it versus feeling like it's going to take us down. You know what I mean? And that's, I feel like that's the beauty as well. Cause I mean, 
my family's went through so much in this last year. And if I didn't have my like tools, if I didn't have dancing, I would not be okay. And I think that that's important as well. Things are going to be hard, but when you have the, the tools and the rituals and the community to support you through it, then that's, that's when life doesn't feel as though you're, it's going to break you. You know, you know, you'll get through it at some point. Absolutely. I, if I had to describe um, how I felt like in one sentence before CHM, I would say I felt like I was flying through, you know, the uh, space, (laughs) just nothing to grab onto. And every day I would just kind of wake up and think, well, hopefully I make it to the end of this day and like, you know, survive. (laughs) It just felt like I had nothing to grab onto. And now you know, CHM was a huge tool, but I feel like I have so many tools. So yes, these hard things do come up. And for me, you know, just, just recently being divorced, they're coming up, I would say daily, but instead of feeling like, well, hopefully I make it, I feel like, oh yeah, well, I know that this is hard, but I know that I can take these tools and I am in control in, in a little bit of a way. Um, and it's just very powerful. I'm so grateful to not feel that feeling Mm. anymore. Yeah. And you can just tell so much in your energy. Like it's very cool working with people like via zoom or being able to see your face. Cause every time we hop on together, I'm like, Oh, like your, your energy is so good. Or like, what's wrong? You know, (laughs) like it's very easy to tell, but I feel like overall your energy has just been so good in the last few months, even though you've been dealing with a lot emotionally, finishing your divorce and everything and being finalized in that process it's kind of like you've been taking it with stride and you see like the light through the darkness which I think is such a good (laughs) such a good I think the bounce back is so much I'm like so resilient Mm -hmm. so yes these hard things happen but whereas maybe it would knock me out for like two months of like being bedridden with depression Mm -hmm. I feel like like the day I got divorced, I knew it was going to be a lot, a lot. And so I, I planned a lot of rituals and I felt like at the end of the day, I had no regrets. I felt so full of joy. I felt like I really honored the marriage and the passing of that, the death of it. And the rituals really helped me like, I don't know, feel it and move on. And by the next day, I just felt I couldn't believe it. Like I wasn't in bed. I wasn't, it wasn't, and that would be fine if that's what needed to happen. But I really felt like it was, it just really helped me move through the grief in a very healthy way Mm -hmm. and in a way that didn't take me down. Mm, I love that. So you and I are very similar again, because we both grew up in that conservative religious household where especially sensuality and sexuality, not only was it suppressed, but it was very demonized. Like wearing whatever you wanted to wear if it was revealing or you know even dating was taboo because there was so much fear around like sex and all of that stuff so I'm curious how you were able to transition from that to start dancing pole to start dressing really sexy to posting your videos on Instagram to dancing burlesque all the things like it's such a huge shift so I'm curious what it was like growing up like that and how you were able to let go of the shame around all that because shame is obviously again with the divorce piece it's such a big part of Christianity unfortunately oh I love this question yeah I grew up you know classic southern Christian household I remember being told (laughs) 
I know this is crazy, but I was told as a little girl, like every single man is undressing you with his eyes. I didn't know that wasn't true till college. Like when I started having friends that were men and I like would mention that like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I didn't know. And there was women held all this power in a negative way of the power of our bodies and how they were, like you said, demonized. I mean, it was very, very talked about. I would say obsessed about, honestly. I remember a Sunday school teacher um, commenting that he saw my knees during Sunday school and that he was having sexual thoughts about me and I was 12. Yes. So, you know, I just grew up It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Oh my goodness, I was a virgin. I don't know if this is too much to say, but I was a virgin when I got married. And like, that did not work out well for me. (laughs) Let's just say that did not work out well. Uh, The shame in both of us, honestly, was so thick that I would say it took, maybe it never actually took. I mean, it was just so damaging. And I am a very, (laughs) if you know me, I'm like oozing sensuality. And if if people don't know what that is, because you really go into the difference of, you know, sexiness and sensualness, um, I'm a sensual person like to my core. And so I think being raised in a place where that was like so bad, I almost really shut down a huge part of me to be accepted, to be godly. And I mean, I still identify as a Christian and... I I just, I feel like God must love pole dancing because, my God, I never feel more in my body, more like a beautiful creation than when I'm dancing burlesque, when I'm dancing pole. It's just like it matches. And I mean, I know that's like kind of some people might be like offended by that, but it just feels like such a celebration of the creation of me. Like instead of, trying to say, oh, this is bad, this is bad. Yeah, it's just been so powerful. But I have to say, it did take a little bit. You know, it was not easy. And now I, like, go to class and lingerie, and I love it. I think it's so fun. (laughs) And it definitely was very good for me in the year of separation I had to have to, like, pour all this sensual and sexual energy into my own self instead of like a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very healthy and very empowering. But yeah, I kind of want to be like, I always wanted to be a missionary when I was young. Now I want to be a missionary for like sensual dance. <laughs> so oh my gosh, I, I just can't it. shut up about it. And I just feel like when I see certain friends of mine who are still really deep into the the shame I just want to free them mm-hmm. and say and and even with my own children you know as a mother I just feel so good that my boys I have two boys and that I can like really deconstruct that for them to where they're not looking at women as objects <laughs> and actually them lusting after a girl is not the girl's fault, you know, like, and also lust, all that is like natural. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really it's just so powerful to be able to model for my 
children. And I have one daughter who (laughs) I just love talking. She loves talking to me about dance. She loves watching me dance. She loves dancing with me. And I just feel like crying sometimes because the positivity about how she's created her body, um, her ability, it's just so powerful that she's having that experience and that she's not constantly trying to kill parts of her inner soul, you know, for God, Mm -hmm. which I think God is really sad about that. Um, I think it's a real sorrow in our world in a big boat we're missing Mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree and I love I love the relationship that you have with your daughter and just like seeing her dance with you and experiencing like what you've been going through in the program and seeing you in your outfits and just like being part of that process I mean I can't imagine what human I would be if that was my experience with my mom you know and I feel like luckily this generation is getting a little bit more of that openness and that kind of coming back to the sensuality which I feel like has been again so pushed away mostly from the patriarchy I feel like that comes from the religious culture it all just kind of comes together but we're going so far away from like the intention of like god which is celebrating these amazing bodies and what they can do and what they were put here to do which is experience sensuality and pleasure and to dance and to like be really bold and bright like all of that has just been taken away oh yeah (laughs) so now we're having to rediscover those parts of ourselves, and so i'm so glad you're able to do that because it shows how connected it is to every other aspect of our life and also what you mentioned as well about being able to do it for yourself versus a partner. Again, that goes back to that like religious programming where it's like everything you do is for your partner. Like there's no separation. And I feel like my relationship with my husband is so much better because we do have that separation. Like he knows when I'm dancing for me and when it's for him. And he knows that there's a distinction between the two. And I think that's really special. It's important to have that understanding that like especially like on Instagram, when I post a video, I posted something a while back and the comments that I got from these men, it was so disgusting. And I was like, there's no understanding in the patriarchy in society that when women wear something sexy or when they dance sexy, that it's not for men, (laughs) it's for themselves. And I think that understanding it's, it has to be, that's why I like pound it into the ground. I will, I will just make really, really abrasive comments on my Instagram sometimes. Hey, you like sending me comments about my video, like fuck off, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's just not, it's not for anyone else but ourselves. And I love that you like were able to understand that after going through what you went through. Cause that's, that's the point of this. It's all a personal experience before it's an external experience. I love that. And I just think about Ancient cultures, and honestly, other countries, we really suck at Mm -hmm. so many things in this country, (laughs) like so many things, but the celebrating of the divine feminine was so huge in ancient cultures, and we Mm -hmm. have lost all of that. Yeah. I mean, we really have. And like you said, we're just having to relearn and teach our daughters, and um, it's really sad. Yeah, it's (laughs) Um, very sad, especially with our parents. I mean, I'm sure we've had this discussion about our moms just wishing that they could have had that freedom, have had that freedom and we're open to experiencing it now, you know? And I feel like that's, again, it's the good thing about our generation, but looking at our families, we're like, you would have been so much happier if you understood this part of yourself, you know? Yeah. It's very, 
very powerful generational work, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, it yes. sounds so, it's so insane true. to mm-hmm. be like, dance is doing generational transformation and breaking like all these trauma mm-hmm. patterns, but it is mm-hmm. for me. I'm seeing it so crystal clear. Like there is no, no doubt in my mind that that is going to change my daughter's life, change my son's life. And um, yeah, it's so... That I love that question because I do struggle a little bit. <clears throat> I even I have like a private Instagram for my, which I pretty much accept most people who ask to follow right. it um, for it's my dance. Idea. But there are certain people that ask to follow me, and I'm thinking, no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want to feel safe here. I want to feel like I can. I don't want to feel judged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know there are some people, even <laughs> even in my family, who I think are just like, oh, <laughs> I love my mom, but. She's been very, actually, more supportive than I could have ever hoped about pole dancing. But she did one time make a comment like, oh, so are you done with your glass yet? (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm actually signed up for the fifth series. Like, this is a lifetime thing. I don't think, you know, and they think maybe she'll get it out of her system, but it's just going to be a lifetime thing for me. But I do wish so much that I could kind of reach into people who are really um, affected by shame, especially through religion, and just say, God created us this way. And we just have so much in us that we're suppressing through religion. And I think that's not even the point. And I think, you know, God probably loves to see us dancing and enjoying our bodies and enjoying our abilities and just the joy that comes out of it so I just it's um it's very powerful and I think it's something that the religious community needs to embrace I think a lot of good things would come out of it because the shame I think is probably the most toxic thing you could have in your life I completely agree. Hi, gorgeous. I'm interrupting this magical episode to share a very exciting offer with you. As you may or may not know, one of the deep loves of my life is burlesque. I started dancing burlesque a few years ago, and after my first class, my life was changed forever. Burlesque is such a special form of movement because it is so incredibly inclusive, it's judgment-free, and it's all about just feeling good and sexy AF in your body. No dance experience required. A lot of babes are interested in dancing burlesque, but really don't know where to start, which is why I created my brand new course, Burlesque 101. In this course, you will learn the fundamentals of burlesque and the art of tease, how to tap into your sensuality and divine feminine, and ultimately create a deeper sense of self-love and appreciation for your body. It includes foundation classes to help build your technique from the ground up, spiritual and self-love rituals for more confidence and empowerment, and six choreography classes to put all of this inner and outer work to use. This course is such a beautiful place to start your dance journey or brush up on your technique and performance abilities if you have danced previously. But most importantly, it's about taking your power back over your sensuality and reclaiming your divine feminine through dance. I have a very special limited time offer for you babes right now. Because it's fall and fall is my favorite time of year, I'm offering 50% off this magical course. Just use the code PUMPKINSPICE50 to receive 50% off. This code will be valid until the end of October, and then the price will go back up. 
So grab your heels, put on those fishnets, and I will see you on the dance floor. So I would love to dive into the manifestation topic because this is one of my favorite topics, just manifestation in general. And you manifested so much during the program, after the program, your vision board is really your reality right now. So I would love for you to talk about that process for you. How hard was it to manifest coming out of really not thinking that that was even a possibility for you to create the life that you wanted and creating everything that you have since then after discovering that like, actually you are that powerful. Well, I'm very excited about this and it's just, I think it was the hardest thing for me in the program to accept because growing up very conservatively, you know, toxic humility and really, I don't know, even just money being evil or sinful, it was just infiltrated into me. Um, and I just, wow. It was so hard at first to be like, oh, I just put out there what I want. Like that feels wrong. That feels sinful or, you know, it just felt very awkward, I would say. But you, like I said before, you just like opened the door and gave me permission to dream about what I really wanted in life. Not just what I hoped might happen. It just really was so powerful to have that permission. And I just remember making my mood board. And honestly, a lot of it was about connection for me. And then I really wanted a home. And I was in a little rental that was not ideal for our family. And even starting thinking about what was possible and I really dreamed so much bigger than I thought was possible. <laughs> and I manifested this house that would be a dream. And it happened. <laughs> I In this crazy market that nobody can find affordable housing. And the way it came through was just beautiful. And it was through a friend. And it was her grandmother's house. I live there now. I own this house by myself. I signed all the papers by myself. I own it and it's mine. And every freaking damn day I wake up and I think I'm actually living like my dream. I'm not just settling. Like I'm, I have a peaceful home with my children. We have an acre. We have wonderful neighbors. I sit on my porch and listen to the birds. I just, I can't believe this is my life. And I think had I not been given permission to open up to what I really wanted, I would never have gone for it. I would have stayed in that rental. I would have never gone for it. And I've just manifested. I, I remember one week you even were like, hey, take this as a little challenge. Like manifest something physical and fun that you want. And um, I have this brand of dress that I love. I'm like a dress girl. And it felt so silly. And I was like, I don't want to do this. But I was like, okay, I want a dress from this company. And I'm not joking. Like two days later, my friend calls me and she's like, hey, 
I bought a bunch of dresses from that company that I wanted. And she's like, I have a pretty big credit. Like, I'd like to buy you any dress you want from the site. Just send me the link. I was like, what? I mean, it was just so funny. And I think as a Christian, you know, it kind of overlaps with a lot of different things for me. I do think as Christians, we, a lot of people don't think there's goodness. Like, God isn't a good God and he doesn't give us things. But I think a lot of it is like, not asking for it so that's been really powerful and it is kind of all wrapped up for me um, and my belief system but yeah I just it's been pretty unbelievable I've manifested we got a hot tub I mean I have trash service an ex-husband a house and a hot tub like I don't I don't even think I want anything else (laughs) like I'm just so happy and I know I don't know. I'm so proud of you for not settling. And I think what you said is so on point when you were talking about religious culture and not asking for it. I think especially as women, we've been taught like, don't ask for help. Like, don't ask for more than like what you need to meet your minimum needs and your minimum requirements. And so being able to step out of that and be like, actually, there are so many beautiful things here on the planet for me to experience. Why can't, like, why can't I, you know, why don't I deserve to get to experience that as much as someone else, you know? So like the hot tub was so special. I remember when that came through and even like the money from the divorce and just like the home and all these things that you were just, you wanted so badly, but honestly, I really didn't see you feel too attached to the outcome. And I think that's part of why you are so successful in your manifestations. You wanted it, but you were like going to be okay if it didn't come through. And I feel like that's when the universe like really gives us what we want because it's like, okay, she's not super attached. She's good either way. So let's just give it to her, (laughs) you know? And I love that. So I, I think that's so special. And I love seeing all the photos of you in your home. And it's just exciting to see how possible it is to really create the exact reality. All right, babes, we are back. We had some technical difficulties when we first recorded this. And so we are recording the second half of this episode a few days later. It's Mercury retrograde. No surprise. (laughs) So we're going to get right back into the episode. So Helen, you're an entrepreneur before the program. You are a writer, a photographer, and a doula, which is so amazing. You're just so incredibly talented. And how has your career shifted after you started embodying your confidence more and after those manifestations started coming through, how has that changed the work that you do? Oh my goodness. So many things have changed, um, over the past year. I'm still kind of hanging on, like I'm still catching up from the past year of all the changes and the confidence I'm feeling, but I will say I'm like crazy busy. I I actually feel like I might need a secretary or something because I can't keep up, um, which is just amazing. And this is just, it's enabling me to really take the work that I want to be doing, the work that is soul filling for me. And, and there's plenty to go around. So there's lots of other people that can do the work that I don't feel fulfilled with. And so it's just, things are really shifting. I feel like it's still in the process of shifting, but I feel like if I really put in the work, I'm going to in a year, just be doing only things that light me up. And I'm just so excited. Yes. I love that so much. And, and really 
being in a place where you're able to do things that just light you up only the things taking the work, taking the clients and the jobs that light you up. That's where we can really feel like our most confident and our most in flow. When we're like doing things that are maybe not exactly what we want to be doing, or the situations aren't ideal. We can feel like, man, like I'm like sacrificing, you know, the things that I really love just to make money. And I feel like something that we've also been working on as well has been your abundance mindset and really how to take control of like your financial life and really be in charge of your finances, especially after leaving a marriage and now running several businesses on your own. It's so important for you, especially, and for any woman really. (laughs) So I'm curious, how has your abundance mindset and your actual abundance changed over the course of the last few months Have we've done this work together and really worked on the mindset, but also the practical, tangible things as well. I love this question. And Yeah. When I was leaving my marriage, I remember sitting on my bed and looking out the window at this dream property that I lived on was in my dream house. And I just thought, you know, I know I knew that I couldn't stay there, but it was like, I knew that I was also making this choice to leave this, you know, quote unquote life dream life that I had kind of built I just kind of thought, well, I'll just kind of always be struggling for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a single mom, but if I don't have enough money, you know, it just felt like very, very desperate. And when I first left, it was like, I remember so many times just even sitting in a gas station waiting for someone to Venmo me 20 bucks so I could fill my car up. It felt very, very desperate. And I kind of thought, well, that's just going to be my life. But when I started working with you, I felt like I was really, you gave me so much permission to dream, hope, manifest, really kind of change the vision of what my life could be. And that was so powerful. I really went from being like, I'm going to be a struggling single mom for the rest of my life to, yeah, I'm actually going to have savings for trips with my kids and I'm going to be doing work that I love and I'm going to be paid well for it. And I don't have to struggle and I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck like that. That was so powerful to kind of step into that. And it's just been incredible to not have that scarcity mindset and that panic all the time. Like, I just can't even believe that I moved in a year from scarcity. Can I fill my car up with gas to I can feed my kids? Not only that, but I can save. I can have security. I can not take every single job that comes my way just because I have to. And yeah. It's a very incredible thing that's happened. And I just feel so glad that you just opened that door for me to to allow myself to even go there because I'm there, baby. (laughs) You are definitely there and you are going even further. I see that happening in the next few years. And it's just exciting because I feel like the first steps are always the hardest, but then we get to build off of that momentum. Right. And we get to like build off of, okay, I've created all these things. You know, I've changed my financial situation, my abundance mindset. Now let's just like play, like, let's just see what else I can create. And I think that makes it 
the process of manifesting or abundance, it makes it more fun. It's not as much now it's tied to your survival. It's just like, okay, what can we call in next? And I think that's when it gets really exciting, but you do have to move through a lot of blocks to get there. (laughs) I mean, just in general, I feel like abundance mindset is something that I know I've struggled with a lot and I see so many women struggling with it. I feel like it's one of the hardest things to break through other than maybe like some self-worth and confidence stuff. But again, they're all tied together. And so I'm just so proud of you for moving through those things. And like I mentioned, also you are a doula as well. And I feel like being a doula can be such a rewarding career. It's also such a challenging career and there's nothing more special than just being part of that birth process. So I would love to know how you got into being a doula and what that's like for you. And I can definitely tell that it's not so much about the abundance aspect for you. Being a doula is very like personal. It's a part of your passion. So I'm curious how that's been for you and when that started. Oh, yes. This career is definitely a calling being a doula. Um, definitely doesn't make the most sense, like hours versus money brought in. (laughs) But every time I leave a birth, I just feel like I've been led into a sacred secret and it, it's just the best. It's the most, I feel so honored. I just, yes, being a witness to the absolute moment of like this divine feminine energy is just it's life-changing. I got into it about almost 12 years ago. I just had a baby, my second baby. And it was six weeks after that. And my sister who was going through a divorce had her first baby and I was there and I was supporting her and I took pictures and it like changed my whole life to, to watch her birth my niece into the world. And immediately I started getting all kinds of people asking me to take pictures at their birth. Well, that was amazing, but I really found that I wanted to support more because there was a lot of downtime in between taking pictures. And I thought I need to get trained. I saw such a need for support. So I got trained as a certified birth doula and oh my goodness, it's like everything relates to birth for me. If you're a friend of mine, you'll eventually be like, oh, this reminds me about like in birth. (laughs) It's just, it's just so funny. But I think watching women push through such incredible physical stuff and birth their babies into the world, however they come, it's just, it's like physically seen something happen and unfold that you can't even put into words. And I think the most powerful thing for me with um, watching a birth is there comes like a point where women have to let go. They have to surrender. Like they can only do so much. And then there comes a point they have to open their hands and say, I'm not in control of this. And then their baby comes. And I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times and it never gets old and it never stops teaching me that in life, you know, ultimately we're not, we can do all the things, right. You know, we can, but really there's such a beautiful thing about opening our hands and saying like, you know, I surrender. Yeah. So just being witness to just the power that women have um, in that moment of vulnerability, it's just life changing and I will never stop being grateful. Mm, 
It's so interesting because I listened to a podcast episode with a doula today. I am just so curious about it because it's something that of course I'm not ready to do anytime soon, but I definitely want to do in the future. So I'm very curious about the process and it is so much about that surrender. And she was talking about that. She said that there's a point that you see the mother have that, I guess, inner struggle with herself, you know, like, am I going to surrender? Am I going to keep like tightening my grip on this? And then if she tightens the grip, that's when the process gets hard. (laughs) And when she releases, that's when the process gets really, maybe not easy, but it's more ease filled. Like you just have to like, let go right in that moment. And so so I loved listening to that and then hearing you say that um, when we chatted about it before and chatting about it now, because I feel like that that's something that we can take into everything in our life. And again, it's that divine feminine energy, all about the surrender, all about letting go and all about just allowing things to come through, whether it's baby (laughs) or whether it is our passions and our dreams, it's the same process. So, and also, like I mentioned, you are a writer and a photographer. I feel like including, like I said, that creativity in our passions and our hobbies and in our careers is so important and so often overlooked. And again, all of this is divine feminine aspects of our life. I feel like you are just a divinely feminine being. (laughs) I am. I am. (laughs) But why do you think it's so important to make creativity a daily habit? Because this is something that even though my passion is creative, which is dance, I feel like there's always room to have other creative things that we pull into our life that aren't necessarily our business. And if you are someone that's doing a creative business, it can be easy to be like, Oh, I'm being creative right now. Like I'm taking my photography and stuff, but I feel like there needs to be creativity where we really aren't attached to the outcome. Oh, that is exactly right. I feel like I had a teacher one time say create for the, the, simply doing it. Like you want to just enjoy the creativity. You don't want to worry about the end results. So like an example is I am an awful painter, like so terrible. (laughs) I was an art minor in college and yeah, I would do painting classes and it was just so terrible. And so that's why I took up photography because I would have all these ideas and I would try to paint them and it was just God awful results. Um, And so I started doing photography and it worked out, but I really learned that I love to paint, even though the results are just really terrible. (laughs) So one thing I love to do, like when I need to really ground myself or really be present, put my phone down, is I paint um, with watercolors and I just paint lines and I blend them (laughs) and I just paint my lines. And then I go back when they're dry and I type on my typewriter quotes that I love. And then I give them to friends. And that's just like a little ritual that I have. And it seems silly, but it just helps me so much to kind of get out of my head, to not be like doing it for this end result. Um, Another thing is, I mean, pottery. I just recently took my first pottery class. I just thought I would be amazing at pottery. And I have like kind of visualized me, you know, naked doing pottery in my kitchen, like living this idealistic life. Uh, No, I am so terrible at pottery, but the process, you know, once I let go and said, well, yeah, these are probably just going to be the ugliest cups ever. I don't care. I'm just feeling the clay. I'm feeling the, then it got fine, you know, but yeah, just releasing that um, obsession over results and just but it's so important and all humans are creative, all of them. 
there's so many people who find out I'm an artist or a photographer and they say, oh, I wish I was creative. I'm not creative. All humans are creative. I really believe that. And there's so many ways to be creative. I have a friend right now um, and he loves collecting leaves. And like, that's just his little creative thing he does just out of pure passion and enjoyment. And so he just collects leaves and then they turn brown and then he collects more leaves. And that's just his creative outlet. And I just love that so much. I love the collecting leaves thing, because I remember doing that as a kid, just like collecting random things and sticking them into books. And I was so creative as a kid, but we lose that as we get older. And I think what you said is so important. It's hilarious. I feel like all women romanticize, like doing pottery naked in their kitchen. I almost die when you said that, because I was just like, always had this vision of like my husband coming home and I'm like, like half naked in the kitchen doing pottery or in the backyard. And it's just like, I, I've never, okay. I've painted pottery before and it was a complete and total disaster. And so I don't even want to know what like making pottery would be like. (laughs) I mean, I do want to try it, but I'm like not expecting anything good, but it's just that again, that surrender, that letting go and just enjoying that process, which I think is so important, even with writing and I love to write and I'm very good at writing, but also just writing to process things is so important. And it's again, it's that same energy of creativity. It's just like not putting any pressure on yourself. And, and the same thing with dancing too. Like I love just putting on a song in CHM. We called it our morning embodiment practice and just like flailing about, (laughs) you know, like it doesn't have to be cute. And I think we have to like, let go of that strict pressure, especially being a Capricorn, Aries moon that we tend to put on ourselves when it comes to creativity. So I think that everyone could take that little tip and it would help them feel so much more confident and happy on a daily basis. Oh, I agree. I feel like if everybody did something creative every day, this world would be a different place. Oh my gosh. That's so true. We need to put out, (laughs) put it on blast. Everyone needs to like paint some lines or something every day. (laughs) So get drinking a lot of water, paint your lines. (laughs) That's so true. So you have a book published now and you're working on a second book. Again, that creative energy that just flows through you, which is amazing because I also want to publish a book in the next few years. So I would love to know what tips you would give aspiring writers, anything about the publishing process that you wish you would have known now that you've published one already. And you're also recording an audiobook as well. So anything you would like to share about that process? Yes, I was able to have a book published in 2019. It's called Yellow Tulips. And that process was so messy of writing it. And I think just kind of like we're talking about the pottery thing, romanticizing it, you know, I just thought I'm going to write a book. I'll have like a mug of tea and I'll be looking at the sunrise and, you know, in my cozy sweater, writing this amazing book. And literally I wrote out parts of it on receipts in my car, pulled over on the side of the highway. I think one of the best chapters I've ever written was written in my van with my crazy kids just running wild in the van in the grocery store parking lot. Like I was supposed to go grocery shopping for dinner and it just like hit me and I was like, I need to write this out. And so I pulled out my laptop, you know, it was just crazy. And I remember that so vividly. So it's not a romantic process. It's not, you know, it's not linear. It's definitely not linear. But what 
I think is really important is not being scared to write crap. <laughs> you know, I, I think I had like 179 chapters at the end of quote unquote writing my book. And I'm talking a lot of those chapters were just like throwaway, except for maybe like a tiny sentence. So it's just like every day I would just write no matter what I would sit down and write, I would sit down and write. And I mean, so much of it was so terrible, but then the good would kind of come out through that. So I think if I was to first start my book and expect to write it linearly, I don't think it would have worked out um, because I think what people love about my book as how deeply personal and passionate it is. And I don't think I could have gotten that by just writing it front to back. And the whole editing process, you know, even just talking about birth and opening your hands and surrendering, you know, there was a lot that was hard about when my editor came to me with changes. You know, I kind of thought this book is perfect when I submitted it to the publisher. And um, I thought it was like pretty great. <laughs> and then when they came back, you know, and of course had tons of edits for me. I like almost took offense at first, like, wait, I thought this was great. And you want me to change this? But obviously um, editors get paid for what they do because they're good at it. And the process was pretty amazing to see how some somebody with an outside perspective could help kind of shape things, take away things that were distracting and insert things that added what I needed, like more flavor, more layers. And it ended up being such a good experience in the end after I, you know, let go of that control that I was wanting to have. But yeah, if you are wanting to write a book, you know, try to set up your little romantic time. It doesn't have to like be terrible, but also know that it's going to come in a messy way, probably. That's a really good reminder just because I feel like we can be so attached to that like romantic idea of writing a book and it just doesn't come through that way. Even myself, like my notes app is so full of like things that I want to include in my book that have come to me in like the most random way is like driving down the road, like you said, or walking into a dance class or having a conversation with a friend. That's when it comes up. And I feel like knowing that about the writing process, about anything, really starting a business, you know, crafting a piece of choreography for a dance performance, it's all the same. Like if you put all this pressure on it, it is just never going to work out for you. You have to like, just let go and intuitively listen to what it is that your, your mind and your soul want to bring through. Absolutely. So Helen, you have moved through so much. You have let go of relationships that no longer serve you. You've stepped into your power, into your confidence. You've manifested. If someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, wow, like I want to do all of that too. What is the first step that you would give them? Someone that really is looking for that confidence. Maybe they need to leave a bad relationship. Maybe they want to start their own business. What would you say to that person that was Helen Joy, that was struggling, you know, a year and a half ago? What would you say to them? Well, first of all, I think the change comes from telling the truth. I feel like for so many years, I was lying to myself about what my reality was. And I think for me, it was publicly, I told the truth of what was going on in my marriage. And that really kind of started the ball rolling. But I feel like if you're lying to yourself, um, you can't change. You can't start that process. So I would say that is like the 
first thing that I would think of. And then dance, like move your body, like get into your own self. I think that has been so powerful for me and just life-giving. Like I just don't even know how I could have moved through the past year without moving my body in that way that felt so nurturing to myself and really just filled me with so much confidence to trust myself. I think people who are not living the life that they want to, who are lying to themselves, they really start not trusting their inner knowing. And that was a hundred percent me. I actually have a great inner knowing. I have um, wonderful intuition and I had really like basically blocked it out so much that I just stopped believing myself. And when I started telling the truth and really like having space to, or making space to work through things, I started listening to myself again and thought, actually, she really knows what she's talking about. And so really just trusting your intuition, your inner knowing and believing yourself. It's pretty powerful. And I think that can really move you through a lot of different situations where you need to start making a change. That's so true. And I feel like that, that truth piece is so important because so many of us were either lying to ourselves because of our own conditioning or we're listening so much to what everyone around us has to say that we don't even know our truth because we're not even listening to that intuition that we have. So I think that that bit of advice is so important, getting out of your head and into your body. And if someone's listening and they've been thinking about joining confidence for a while, what would you tell them? Should they take the leap? Was it worth the money? Like I have so many questions all the time asking if I think they should take the leap and I'm like, yes, I completely think so. But coming from someone that has taken the program, what would you tell someone that's been wanting to sign up, but hasn't taken that jump yet? Well, (laughs) I just remember knowing I needed it so badly and knowing that I actually almost felt like you had created it for me. (laughs) Um, and I just thought I have to take this. There, there was actually no thought in my head of like, should I take this? It was like, how am I going to make taking this a reality for me? (laughs) And we talked a little bit. I did this little doable, well, payment plan that I was like, I got to make this happen. And I really had to hustle. And I mean, financially did not make sense at all in a time that I was selling my clothes to buy groceries for me to make this investment. But I also felt like I could not afford not to make it because I just saw such worth in the changes that would, that I needed to make. And I really felt like, yes, I had taken the step away from the toxic marriage. Yes. I had physically removed myself, but I really felt so strongly that I needed somebody to help me just step into the thriving part of my life instead of the surviving part. So I would say if you're thinking about it, if it's even something on your radar, like you need it (laughs) because it's coming up for you. If you like saw it and thought, well, that looks kind of fun or nice. Like maybe it's not for you, you know, wait till you're hungry for it. I was so hungry for it that I just did all the work. This is work that we as humans in this society, in this detached, non-communal, 
obsessed with social media society. We need this. I feel like it's like a human need and it will repay itself a thousand times over just with the abundance mindset. I mean, I have spent a lot of money on therapy, a lot of money. And I do love, I have a wonderful therapist, but this did in, in three short months, it did so much more healing than like years and years and years of therapy that I've done. So, I mean, look at it medically, look, however you need to look at it, look at it medically and career wise and body wise. I mean, it's just pretty much invaluable. So yeah, I would definitely tell everybody, I tell everybody to make the leap. (laughs) Um, But it does have to be something that you're like prepared and hungry for. Otherwise, you know, you would just maybe waste such an opportunity. So if you have any little bit of longing and a little bit of hustle, like make it happen. Oh my gosh. I love that. I was just smiling the whole time because it is just so beautiful to see what a difference, like you're saying it makes when you are hungry, when you, you crave that confidence that, you know, what's inside of you. That's the thing. We're not creating confidence out of thin air. (laughs) I believe everyone has confidence and it's like a muscle that you have to train and work and you have to dig through those limiting beliefs and the trauma and everything to get there. And you've done that. And I think just knowing that makes it possible for other people as well. So thank you for sharing that because this work changed my life and I see it changing everyone's life that comes into the program. But like you said, you have to be willing to put in that work and then you'll see, then you'll see the, the prosperous love and abundance and confidence that comes from that. So that makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like this hilarious thing where like, you're almost just like starting the ball rolling. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't put maybe in the advertisement of confidence, like, Hey, I'm just barely doing anything and you're going to do all the work. you know, Hey, uh, definitely sign up for this when I'm going to just blow on you and you're going to (laughs) go, but that's really what it is. And that was so powerful. I think that first, I think it was the first week, like just it clicking in me. Like I had been trying so long, my whole adult life to become this woman to become like, I felt like I was trying to reach this woman that was in my head. I mean, even in my um, memoir that I had published, there's a whole chapter on this, like a woman that I wanted to be and I couldn't be her. And then it like clicked just in that first week, you were just kind of like, hey, just like a little whisper. You're like, you are that woman. You just got to let her out. And I was like, it just, I felt like a shift in the universe. I almost felt like a click, an audible click. I was like, oh my God. I don't have to try to reach that woman anymore. She's inside of me. And I couldn't believe. And and you just whispered that to me, you know, and, but I needed that. If I hadn't signed up for the class, you know, where would I have heard that? And it was so simple, but yet it like changed everything from then on out. Mm, I love that. See, that's the thing too. It's like, everyone has that person inside of them, but so many people have told them otherwise. And I think that's why having someone in your life, like a mentor, a coach, an instructor, a friend, you know, whoever it is, a partner that says those things to you, eventually they're going to click. But if you're surrounded by people and you're in environments that are telling you otherwise, it's impossible for you to ever get to that 
version of you that is already there. You just have to pull her out. You have to embrace her and accept her. So I love that. So Helen Joy, I'm curious, what does confidence mean to you? Well, I feel like tickled to death right now that I can answer that and feel like I have a very clear answer to that. I would say for me, it is feeling like your insides match your outsides. Like they match. There's no insulation. And I'm not talking about my body. I'm talking about like feeling like I'm not in my own skin. So I think that is huge. And then for me, I don't know how else to describe it, except I have immense delight with myself lately. I just am delighted by myself. I just think I, I see myself and I think, yeah, that's me. And I just feel this feeling that I never thought I would feel. And it's like an endearing, I don't know. I just, I see pictures of myself now. And I think, you know, if you follow my social media, sometimes I'll do like a comparison picture of me, like a couple years ago to now. And like the difference is just crazy. And it's, it's not that I've lost a lot of weight or, you know, let my grays go or whatever. It's like, there is just this light inside of me and I cannot get enough of it. And so I just feel like, you know, we, as women were almost taught that that's wrong to delight in yourself, that that's cocky or that's bitchy or whatever. And I, I beg to differ. Like when I see my eight-year-old daughter, you know, dancing freely and just enjoying herself. I think, yeah, that's what I want. And I think we're all born with that. And then it goes away. And then we work our whole lives to get it back. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I don't know how to say it, except I feel like I'm looking, when I look at myself now, I feel the same way I do when I look at my daughter dancing in her jutu. And um, yeah, my insides match my outside nothing's perfect. It has nothing to do with perfection. It has nothing to do with I've arrived. It's just, it feels good. It feels like I'm wearing my own skin and that I like the person I am and I'm not striving. I'm not trying to be someone else. And I think that is just, yeah, I feel like I wish every human in the world could experience this confidence. And it's like, it's actually the simplest thing you have to let go of so much, but it's there. I don't think I've ever heard a more beautiful definition of confidence. It just makes me like my heart melt inside (laughs) to know that that's the thing that you came into the program with was wanting your insides to match your outsides. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like you getting to match those two is so magical and beautiful that that finally happened for you. Cause that was what you were seeking and came to fruition. So I did. (laughs) (laughs) So Helen Joy, what exciting things are coming up for you? Where can people find you on social media? Pimp yourself out in all the ways because you have a lot of things to pimp. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You're so sweet. Well, I think right now something I'm working on is I'm recording an audio book for yellow tulips should be out. I think by December which I'm very excited about. And then I'm, I'm hoping to next year publish two more books. I'm very excited. One is a poetry book about the death of my marriage and the other is a secret. 
<laughs> that I'm working on. But yeah, I want to have this published. I'm so excited. Um, just enjoying peace in my home is what I'm looking forward to. Just enjoying, you know, we talked the other day in our little one-to-one chat, you and I, but I almost, not that I'm like, oh yeah, check. I've like gotten everything I wanted or dreamed of, but I just feel like I'm at a real point of like just contentment and just like soaking in this fall of just being with my children when I have them, you know, playing in our hot tub, just enjoying. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And I am right now doing a lot of strength training with Evelyn Small, which um, she was on your podcast. I love her. So I'm doing a lot of strength training with her and I'm really looking forward to, uh, my goal is to uh, go upside down on my pole (laughs) during pole class. So that's what I'm looking forward to. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that goal for you and you will definitely get there because I've heard that you are a strong baddie and that you will be there in no time. So (laughs) that's super exciting. Yes. All of Helen's info will be in the show notes to her Instagram, where you can find her books, hire her as your photographer, or even have you there to support you through her birth. She does it all. (laughs) Yes. Yes. My website's helenjoy.com. I've got lots of my links there. I live on Instagram. Like that's where I like to write a lot of my stuff. I, I kind of joke a little bit because people, I kind of keep it all in one kind of thing. And people will say, oh, I'm really interested in hiring you, you know, for whatever my family photos. And can we get your Instagram? Like, yes. But, you know, the past three posts have been like deep dives into my soul about my divorce. So just keep scrolling. you know. So it's all there. Um, I have like a public profile, Helen Joy George on Instagram. I would love you to follow me. Please like introduce yourself through a message. I love um, when people do that just to kind of connect And then if you're not a creepy person, I would love you to follow my private Instagram, which I post. If you want to see a curvy girl getting down, you know, (laughs) I would love to have you. I don't accept creepy people, but that's about all my rules. (laughs) And yeah, so I love posting there. It's been amazing to share this journey of um, burlesque and pole and, you know, diving into my sensuality and feeling like safe doing that. It has been so powerful. I feel like it's been inspiring to other women to do it. So yeah, give me a follow. Definitely give her a follow. You won't regret it. (laughs) Helen, I love you so much, babe. Thank you for being open on the podcast today. I feel like these real and raw conversations are so powerful and I know that they will support so many women on their journey and so grateful that I get to work with you. And I can't wait to see what you create in the next few months. I know it's going to be magical. Thank you so much. And I just, if I haven't said it a million times already, you're doing such, such life-changing work. And I'm just so glad I met you and know you and love you. So thank you for all you do. It is so needed. Thank you so much, babe. I'm so grateful for that. I love you. And we will chat with you all very soon. Thank you, babes, so much for joining me today. If you love this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast to be discovered by all of the amazing women who could benefit from this work and from healing in a heal. 
Also, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Studio Slowly Luna and on YouTube to stay up to date on all the heels, burlesque, and spirituality content that your soul desires.